There's something that you're not saying It's part of the game you're playing I'm trying to understand it But this ain't the way I planned it Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean uh, Carlos, we got the great Dave Burkett back And um I mean, you might we want almost to say did hello. it. We almost did it, by the way. It was very close. You, he might still be in Green Bay because someone was supposed to pick me up at five in the morning, and uh, it didn't happen. So I was a little concerned, but he made it. So he's joining us. Wait, wait, wait! Well, I have but, some travel oh. grievances to air about Sean that we can get to later on. Too, oh, oh. his, his, his oh, desire to always pack air or to check a bag. So I, I just want to put that out there. Really. Maybe we can get to that. Later. Yeah. Well, my bag doesn't fit in the overhead bin. I mean, I guess I could try to be selfish and you know to take up uh, five bins or whatever but it's is it like a trunk steamer is that what it is like a, yeah a it, it is and it needs two people to carry it you know because I, wow yeah i, I carry kate a, winslet on the titanic i carry a full kitchen in it no uh dave uh it's great to have you and let's get right into it man so so dave let me ask you about this carlos who loves to talk about other people writing about golf who just wrote back-to-back columns about golf <laughs> didn't wrote a column about golf where he said, well, there's my opinion and there's other people's opinion, but he didn't actually share what his opinion was. Uh, what do you think of this little <laughs> attempt at sorcery where he wants to, his trolling, you could see, wanted to come out, but then he pulled back. So I wasn't really sure what he was saying. Can you help me make sense of this, Dave? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to go too far into some of the Carlos Columns here where, you know, he wrote the Lions season off back at one and six or after <laughs> I the was Hawkinson the only one. Trade. Everybody else believed and knew what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I was the only I one. Think I, I think I picked them to win seven at the time, but I'm just, I, mean, I was a little off. But anyways, I no, them, I, I picked them to win nine, but that's okay. Yeah, at the time, at the time when they were one and six. Um, but no, look, I you know, Jared Goff is a complicated case in some ways, right? Because there are many, many people who... Um, thought he was a bridge quarterback for the Lions, myself included. Um, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, still feel like the Lions can do better at quarterback, even as well as Jared played. Um, and when you have a high pick in the draft like the Lions do, there's there's certainly a lot of people that wonder, well, maybe for the good of the franchise, you should look at quarterback. But Jared played so well here late that the Lions aren't going anywhere with him. And I don't know exactly what Carlos was trying to get at with, with some of his um, you know, columns or, or thoughts on, on Jared. But I think because Jared's a California guy that Carlos obviously has to like him, right? I mean, that, that's part of it. You, you don't want him California. going anywhere. Yeah, okay, that doesn't count. Different different part? Yeah, it's just two yeah. different states. Yeah, no, no those, I, those, I mean, those people golf is, he, he played really well and he was a huge reason why the Lions had success. And I think the Lions, you know, judging by their comments the last few days, they are all in on him going forward. But well, I... I don't fault anyone who still has, you know, some questions about him. You just have to realize where the Lions are right now and how well Jared played. And if you acknowledge that, you know, you can still have your your doubts and maybe think that the Lions should do other things, but realize that the Lions are they they appear to be all in with Jared Goff right now. Let's well, give your who opinion, doesn't, Carlos. Carlos. Someone who didn't have doubts. Think. Let's go back. Think about what I've said. He's the he's the the hero. No, you man. you wrote, you, but you wrote you wrote. It was really interesting, and it, it, you sort of stopped yourself. You wrote that um, there were you know there was your opinion, which you didn't say what 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 it was, and then you wrote. Then then there's basically the fawning. I don't think you used that word, but the fawning and Alan Park over him. So it seemed like you don't really like the fawning, but I wasn't sure, and I wasn't sure why. So just. Here, here's well, I've the, uh, written it many times. I mean, here's you the know. chance. Here's the chance. No, it seems like your opinion is changing, though. 
my opinion has been first it was that you know he he it, he didn't look like the answer at one and six you know he didn't play terribly or anything but he wasn't enough of a difference maker which is what i wrote when he needed to be um and but he played really well he played at a pro bowl borderline mvp level during this big stretch you know he wow. what, what was it 29 touchdowns seven seven interceptions or something like that nine interceptions at the end of the year should have been a pro bowler better stats than kirk cousins who is in the pro bowl he was and 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 Dan Campbell put it on him in that last the 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 clinching play on that fourth and one. He put it on Jared Goff to make that pass to Chark, and he did it. You know, we saw we saw Goff's ascendance, right? You know, under Ben Johnson, which is problematic because Ben Johnson's probably going to be gone. But he did what he did not only what he was asked to do, but even more. I think he he exceeded expectations. Not he didn't do more, but he exceeded expectations. He's earned everybody's trust i think even the fans like dave says it's complicated it's not you know if he had a if he had a facebook status with lions fans relationship complicated you know i mean it's it's you want to believe in him you want to think oh, okay we got this position nailed down now let's address the defense but he, even because it was ben johnson's first year there was a little bit of an adjustment time i think with him in the first part of the season which is normal, um, but he did catch fire later and played very, very well. So that's my opinion, you know. And 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 let's let's just backtrack just for a second because I just want to make sure Dave's okay because Brad Holmes was kind of rough on him yesterday. He did not like Dave's question about he got the number six pick. Yeah, what do you do with that? You consider a quarterback, and, he, and Brad Holmes did not like that. His his answer right was very telling of what what you talking about, Willis? Like. Uh, what do you, why are we going to do? What are you going to do, Dave? What he said, put your general manager head on, Dave. What would you do? Well, no, my, my, I think my question was, you know, uh, you know, I framed it well with the, having the number six pick, right? There's a lot of talk about what you do there, and quarterback will inevitably come up. And, and can you unequivocally say that Jared Goff is the quarterback that you're going to build around for the future? Because for the past two years, even though you know, Brad insisted yesterday that, you know, I'd never saw him as a bridge. And and this is, you know, the Lions have always said good things about him. They've never, never have they come out and said, Jared Goff is our guy. We're building around Jared Goff. This is 100% right. our quarterback of the future. They've always left the door open for, um, you know, drafting his replacement in each of the, the last two drafts. I mean, financially, they not that they should have committed to him with a new contract or anything, but financially, they they haven't done that, gone to those lengths yet. So, no matter what they've they've said, they've always left themselves an out. And and I just wanted Brad to commit to to Jared for the future because as you said, Carlos, I mean, we all saw the level that he played at down the stretch here. But, you know, to that point, right? Like he missed throw a throw late in the Dolphins game when they had a chance to win. He missed the throw late in the Bills game when they had a chance to win. So there still are look, in the NFL, there's Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, right? And those are the three best quarterbacks in the league in those three teams always have a chance to win. And, you know, if you look at the rest of the landscape of the quarterbacks, you're probably talking about Justin Herbert and who knows, maybe Trevor Lawrence. All these really good quarterbacks are in the AFC. And so I think Lamar. where the Lions are, you know, to, to win in the AFC, you need one of those elite guys. You're not running the gauntlet of beating, you know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes unless you have a Joe Burrow or someone, right? In the NFC, who's the elite quarterback? Like Jalen Hurts? No one. Yeah, maybe Jalen Hurts. So you don't need to have Patrick Mahomes to win in the NFL right now. And that's where the Lions are. And when Brad said yesterday, it's a lot easier to get worse than to get better at quarterback, he's 100% right. You 
you need to make sure you get the right guy if you're going to go young. And what the Lions have right now is they have a pretty good quarterback and a better quarterback than a lot of us thought when the Rams were, were you know, pushing him into this deal because they didn't want him anymore and they thought they needed a quarterback to, to win a Super Bowl, which they did. Um, and, and so the Lions have, and Jared, to his credit, um, they've rehabbed him. You know, he's rehabbed himself. He's, he's, he's become what a lot of people thought he could be when he was the number one pick of the draft. Um, and he's done enough now to give Lions fans, I think just about all Lions fans, belief that he can lead them to where they want to be the way this league is constructed right now. So I'm not a, a big numbers guy, but this idea that he didn't play well or struggle a lot in the first half of the season, it's just not true. I mean, it's not empirically true by the numbers. Now, I know the numbers don't always tell the whole story, but let's just let's think of it this way. First of all, if we're talking about quarterback rating, he was over 100, which is a nice benchmark, four times in the last half of the season, three times in the first half of the season. His completion percentage was actually about the same uh, if you go through the whole year. I thought you weren't a numbers guy. His yardage was uh, very, very similar. The, the the one difference is the interception, although he didn't go crazy with interceptions in the first half of the, the year. But I think to, to to your point, Dave, there were a couple throws he might have made. But from what I remember, the defense was the much bigger issue in that one and six start, and not necessarily Jared Goff, who had some really, really good games in that mix. So it's not like he just turned it on from the Packers on. It you know he didn't he didn't make a lot of plays in that first Packers game, right? No, he didn't at all. It was 15 to nine. He didn't have a good game. He had 10 turnovers in the first eight games. I mean, that was the, the problem with him, right? Defense was the bigger issue for the Lions, but Jared was not making enough winning plays. And when in the NFL, to me, right, especially when you, you, you want to, your goal is the Super Bowl, right? You need a quarterback in a lot of instances, that guy that you can turn the game over to in crunch time, that can go toe-to-toe with Mahomes, that can go toe-to-toe with Allen and lead you to victories. And when you see him not make that throw late in the Dolphins game, you know, when they have a chance to win it and, and miss the receiver. And then when you see him do that a couple weeks later against Buffalo, um, you know, and even there was one down the sideline against Minnesota that he didn't make. And, you know, this sounds very critical of Jared, but that's 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 what people were were seeing, right? All the turnovers and then not hitting those big throws. And so I think it sort of reinforced like, man, this is why the Rams got rid of them. And then you fast forward here to the second half of the season. And again, this is not just a Ben Johnson production, you know, not just a Dan Campbell production. Jared deserves a lot of credit for what he did. 320 straight passes without a pick, 324 it is to, to end the season. Like that's a pretty, that's the fifth longest streak I think it is in NFL history, right? And Maybe there was, you know, he had a pick that was called back on a penalty in Chicago and one that was dropped in Buffalo. And, you know, so it's not like he was perfect. But when he plays that type of way, as Dan Campbell said Monday, you know, he's the right quarterback for this team. He's the right fit for what we want to do. He's accurate and he he takes care of the ball and, and we want to be this play action team and he's really good at it. So I do think the Lions have found something in Jared Goff that really fits them well right now. Well, go, one, ahead, one, uh, go ahead, Carl. Sorry. One thing, if, I, if I'm allowed to talk, Sean, for a minute. Um, one, one thing that is interesting, the, Dan Campbell saying that is so important. He's the right fit for what we want to do because you can go get a Patrick Mahomes, whatever, or Justin, whoever you want. But if it's not, it, if it doesn't fit, if it's the, the personality, if there's some issues. And one of the things that Campbell talked to us about after that Green Bay game was that he's out there firing the team up, getting them ready. Like he said, pouring gas on it, you know, before a big game. And then he tells Jared Goff, all right, go calm them down now. Yeah. 
and you need that. You needed the, the the crazy cop and the calm cop. You know, that's what he needed. And it works that way. You need a symbiotic relationship. And that that means a lot. That's not in any of the little, you know, nerd pointy head stats that you just read, Sean. You can't find that there. That's where this does work. And that's where I think I think we saw the growth of, of, of golf this way. I mean, for those of us who actually went to the practices of Sean and talked to Jared, you know, we would talk to him every week. And I said, you were there. Wait, 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 yeah, like you were there. Every Wednesday, oh, every, God, every Monday w- and Wednesday, I was there. No, you, <laughs> you weren't. That's it. just the worst kind of hypocrisy. And by the way, it's not stat nerds. Coaches use. Stat nerds. Dan Campbell was talking about analytics yesterday. Here's the point, Dave. How many throws did he make in the last half of the season? You're talking about he missed some throws early. What were the throws that stood out to you? I don't know what. More than one against Green Bay. How about that? Right, a dump right off there. over the line. Right. I mean, he but he made a couple. Th- he made throws against Seattle. He made throws against Philadelphia. I know he missed one against the Dolphins, but he made enough throws to score thirty whatever points it was. What I'm saying is, it was really the defense. Uh, the, the maybe it's the throws Agreed. he didn't make, the interceptions. He. I mean, how many times have you ever seen him make a, a Mahomes or the throw that Josh Josh Allen made to set up the field goal to win? I mean, golf's not going to make that throw ever, right? Well, look, and that's, I think, Brad's point, right, is that there are so few quarterbacks like that in the world, right? I mean, Josh Allen, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, that's why that's they're Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, okay? Like, so short of that, the Lions aren't in the market for a quarterback. I mean, that, that's that's what I took that to mean in, in you know, who know right? No one knew Patrick Mahomes was going to become Patrick Mahomes. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made it to pick ten. And, and same thing with with Josh Allen. But uh, so, so you never know what you know these quarterbacks coming out in the draft are going to be. But the Lions are the very Bears comfortable. Mitch Trubisky with what, was going to be the such. That's why they traded yeah. up to get him. Let, let me ask. They're you, very comfortable with Jared Goff as their leader right now. Let me ask you both this because this is really what it comes down to. This is the question: Can they win a Super Bowl? Because right, because that's what they're talking about now. They want right, to go after right. the division. They want to get in the playoffs. Okay, fine. You're in the playoffs. Can you win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff? I want to hear both of you on that right now. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, with um, this team, with this team. Well, I mean, again, I, I go back to that point that if, if the Lions were in the AFC, no, because they wouldn't be getting past that. They wouldn't run that gauntlet of great quarterbacks and great teams. In the NFC, who's a great team in the NFC right now? No one. I mean, so do the Lions have a shot? The Lions were playing as good a football as any team in the NFC at the end of the year. I would have picked San Francisco over the Lions had they met in a playoff game. I'd probably pick, you know, I'd pick Philadelphia. Like those two teams were probably more complete, better defensive teams. So I think those teams are better teams than the Lions right now. And Philadelphia has some some draft capital to work with. They're going to be good for a long time too. But yeah, I think the Lions will enter next season as one of the NFC favorites. And as everyone has said, right, you get in the dance. And especially if you, you win the division, you have a home playoff game or two, you have a shot. So do I think the Lions can get there with, with Jared Goff? I do because of the way things are, are constructed right now. I don't think Jared Goff, I don't think that makes Jared Goff one of the top, you know, five quarterbacks in the NFL or whatever. But he played he played really well late in the season and he did exactly what the lions asked him to do. So if he continues to take care of the ball, if the lions stay creative on offense, they continue to build all these parts around them right now. You know, they have the makings to me of a roster that can make a run next year. You can't, I, my, my answer would be a little bit different. And this is just how the team is now before the draft, before free agency, all this other stuff, but you can't face plant in North Carolina and think you're going to make a deep run, you know, like, uh, it, 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 these games, the playoff games, the teams that win the playoff games, they usually need 
elite play from their quarterback. They need their quarterback to make huge plays in crunch time against really good defenses usually. And that's that's what we haven't seen enough of from Goff probably in the second half of the season, but he's played very well. And the week NFC for now, you know, definitely Dave is right. Now, can you said, can they win a Super Bowl? Well, they got to have to play an AFC team in the Super Bowl. So that's playing the Bills or whatever, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a different um, uh, situation. But uh, that's a good question, Sean. I mean, I mean, and that's that's really what the question comes down to is once they start getting into the playoffs, can they make is he a good, good Is he good enough? Yeah. Is, is, is he, he good, good enough? enough? He's one. I mean, hey, I, I remember he's played the Super Bowl, right? He's so played in the that. Super Bowl, yeah, thanks to a bad call in New Orleans. But yes, um, and so the one thing that the one thing I say about Jared Goff, and, and I watched him, but you know, I think Sean, you just realized he existed when they traded him here, but he used to play for the Rams. And then I enjoyed is, watching you know, him play team. for the Rams. Dave and I were talking about this. He threw a beautiful deep ball, actually, with the Rams yeah, on the play, and, on the play action. But he played, he came back the last time, the last game he played for the Rams. Well, not the second to last game was when they had to go to Seattle in the wildcard game and they went to Seattle and he beat them. It was a defensive struggle, but he played well enough and he was coming back from a broken thumb. He was already on the trash heap for Sean McVay. He knew he was going, he was on the outs. You know, I didn't know. I don't think he knew he was going to be traded for sure, but even with all that, he led them to a win. Wolford was supposed to be the starter, but he was hurt. He had a concussion, I think. So he came in and led them to victory in Seattle. It's, it's not easy to win there. So, you know, I give, I give, Goff a lot of credit for being a competitor, for for being tough, for for over a lot mentally tough, uh, which is important. Um, is he is he the quarterback to win game after game and the playoffs in hostile environments? And, and you know, that's another question. I don't know. I mean, like you said, Dave, you know, uh San Francisco, uh Philadelphia, they're gonna have to play every game on the road if they made it into the playoffs this year. So that's a whole nother a whole nother issue, but he's been there. He's had a lot of experience in the playoffs. I just don't see him being the guy to, to take him into a, a deep playoff run right now, but that's before pl- drafting free agency. Yeah, no, it maybe is this team. I mean, who knows? Maybe they get lucky, but they were obviously uh, good enough to be in the playoffs this year at the end of the year. Yeah. It, we all know they paid for what happened at the beginning of the year. As far as Carolina, I don't know what you, what, what you think, Dave, but I mean, you were there obviously, to me, they just weren't they weren't ready to go. And I don't know how much that's on golf. Campbell took a lot of responsibility for that. They just they had gotten through that Jets game before where they were a little bit there was a little bit of stage fright early in that game. They kind of had to work. This is all new. So you gotta learn and Campbell's talked a lot about learning how to win. Well, I would argue that golf, even though he's been on a couple of runs, one Super Bowl run, he's gonna learn how to win two in this uh in this system with this group. I would real quickly this is what I would liken golf to. And this is going to sound a little crazy, but a couple of years ago when Tampa won the Super Bowl, that was not Brady's prime, right? Brady was still good, but that wasn't his prime. They beat Mahomes because they had one of the best defenses in football and they had a great offensive line. And if they can get this defense, uh, this young defense to that kind of point, Goff can absolutely win a Super Bowl in, in a scenario like that. That was not vintage Brady. You remember that? He made one yeah, great no. pass against the Packers in the title game. And uh, and they kind of hung on defensively at Lambeau that year. So to me, that's how the Lions could do it with golf is a situation like that. I, I think um, two points. First, you know, Carlos, you made the point about, you know, you can't face plant and win out in the road, you know, late in the season against a team like Carolina and, and win. Um, you know, the, the Eagles did it. And 
they didn't have Hurts, but they did it against the Saints, who are, you know, just as bad a team, if not worse than than the Panthers. So I, I think, you know, sometimes it's easy for us to say that. And I agree, like that was a bad loss. And ultimately, you know, it was one of the things that cost the Lions. But, you know, to Sean's point, that that wasn't, you know, completely on, on golf. I, I don't think golf played poorly that game. Um, they just that was an all around, you know, butt kicking. Um, and yeah, Sean, like that's again, in the NFL, right? Like the Chiefs always have a chance because of Patrick Mahomes, no matter what their defense looks like, no matter who the receiving core is, right? Look what they did this year with guys that, that you know, no no other teams wanted, right? It's, it's not like Patrick Mahomes has these awesome weapons around him outside of Travis Kelsey. You know, Andy Reid is just a really smart offensive guy and Patrick Mahomes is great and, and they've done... They've done super well with what they've had. You know, the Bills have a chance because of Josh Allen. The Bengals always. So those teams that have great quarterbacks, that's the way to build in the NFL to ensure yourself sustainable long-term success. When you're a team like the Lions or like those Bucks a couple of years ago, you know, you can win, but it's tougher to keep that thing together because in the NFL, you got to start paying those guys at some that's point, right? right? And, and right. it takes... It, it takes 11 really good pieces on defense to to make that a, a really good defense rather than having that really good quarterback and maybe a good offensive line. And, you know, you can you can be sustainable more on offense with with fewer parts. So I do think there is a window that the Lions are approaching that they can win with Jared Goff. And so, you know, I've I've gone back and forth on this. You guys know I've I've been a quarterback guy for a long, long time and have thought the Lions should have taken one really since that that 2020 draft when when Herbert and Mahomes or, or Herbert, I'm sorry, and um, and Tua were both available for them. Um, but I, I do think the way that Jared played here late in the season kind of get, should give Lions fans hope that they are approaching this window, that if they do the right things elsewhere on their roster, and Brad Holmes has, has done them so far in his first couple drafts, if they build a really good defense, keep this this defense young, if they add the right playmakers and they've got some good parts around them right now, that maybe they can make a run in an NFC that does not look like it has any really elite teams. Oh, makes that's sense, that, that 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 makes I mean I, I like that, you know, and I forget who asked the question yesterday. Are you a player away? Maybe it was you, Dave. Uh yeah, are you are you one player away, you know, an elite player away from from really being a contender, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, literally a player, no, but one or two star players, um, big difference makers, you know, um, especially on defense, maybe a lockdown cornerback. And th- I th- this was, this is about free agency. Are you going to spend on somebody and bring them in here? Right. I mean, look at the Rams. They got exactly. Jalen, they got Jalen Ramsey and that transformed the defense. You already had Aaron Donald, but you got Ramsey, a lockdown guy made a huge, and then they got Von Miller for the playoffs last year. But it's a tough ask because it's a young defense, whatever there's promise, but what did they finish 30th in defense and 32nd? I mean, they were last in the last total defense and scoring the were among the last. Allowed, yeah. I, I mean, they got a long way to go on defense. You know, there's promise, but that, and to your point, Sean, I mean, the defense is, it is what held them back. You know, Goff didn't do enough, you know, could have done more, but the defense was definitely the big Achilles heel of the first half of the season. So they were historically bad. Remember? Close. Remember they I'm were sorry. historic. They were historically bad. The defense early in the right. season. Absolutely. But, hey, hey, look. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we could talk about. It's funny. We'll fill the whole podcast with Jared Goff. That would make. <laughs> that would make. Uh, that would make Carlos happy. But let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll get back right back into the Lions talk and the great Dave Burkett. Uh, what do we, What do we need to say here, Carlos? We'll be right back with more free press sports with Carlos and Sean. Is that all right? That's good. Okay. All right. See you in a sec. 
Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carl Sean. Dave, uh, and thanks for uplifting this this podcast. You know what I mean? It's it, it's helpful, too, with me and Carlos. I mean, Carlos is, you know, a handful, right? Well, I add to the good-looking factor, that's for sure. So. Well, you do with me, for sure. I mean, Carlos is, <laughs> is, is handsome, and there's no question. Um, well, we can't, we can't bank on this so because much. Dave Dave apparently has a really high price for, for video appearances. <laughs> so right. we can't afford this right. on our podcast. Kroger gift cards will work. So, all right, all right, all right. How about some <laughs> yeah. scratcher tickets? Uh, they, the lotto's what? One point three billion, mega millions. I'll, I'll take those too. So, oh man, right. that would be. So, if you win it, are you going to buy lunch for the for the media room? If you win it, when you come in to work, uh, I'll buy lunch for you guys for the next podcast that you have. <laughs> I think that I think I think that would be great. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get back to this this topic of. The Detroit Lions, and, and I'm curious what both of you guys think about. So we just spent the last segment talking about what they have in Jared Goff. Let's talk about what they have in Dan Campbell and in Brad Holmes. And you can start with whatever one you want, but uh, it's kind of looking forward. Do they do they finally have the general manager that can put a, a Super Bowl roster together? Do they finally have a coach that could, could kind of you know do some elevating with that roster and 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 be a difference maker in that spot too? Um, yeah. For both, let me. Uh, wait, wait. Uh, before you answer that, I want to hear about the grounds crew. I hear it's pretty good. <laughs> elite. That was a great line. I love that line. When uh, when you say when you say your grounds crew is elite and you say your coach is elite, doesn't that kind of it takes a little bit of the uh, the steam out of the word? I mean, you know, he's giving people that don't get props props. Man, that was. I and, that. And he's doing he's doing exactly what they didn't used to do. That 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 was a dark cloud hanging over that place, right? So he's. That's why he's here and why Dan Campbell's here. Anyway, go ahead. It was like go an ahead. Academy Awards speech. It, was, it went on for 10 minutes thinking I couldn't – He there was there anyone he didn't think. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. That's, That's what he's question. supposed to do, though, right? Like yes. you got to shout out all the people behind the scenes, and I know people definitely appreciated that, right? And and he did. He highlighted, you know, the pro personnel department, right, for making moves. That <laughs> Especially kind of the pro the personnel department from which I yeah. came where I was – well, okay, so I, I want to make this point because Carlos had said, right, that the question that I had asked um, Brad yesterday about if they're one player away, and that really was sort of free agency focused because, you know, uh, the Lions have not spent in free agency these these first two seasons. And, you know, Brad's, uh, you know, um, I feel pretty confident in saying, you know, he, he comes from that less need school where, like, when it's time to make a run, right, and when it's time to go all in, like, I think Brad will do that, right? And, and now's not necessarily the time, but the Lions do have a shot here. And so, uh, you know, is this the time for them to go out and spend on a big ticket for, you know, free agent item? And I know before Roquan Smith agreed to his deal, you know, some people sort of looked at Roquan as maybe the guy that could be that that piece on on defense, you know, and maybe there's a, a defensive lineman out there, Deron Payne or, or uh, Hargrave, you know, somebody like that, Jesse Bates, a, a safety, somebody like that, that, that you look at that could really be, uh, really have an impact on defense. And so I don't, I don't know that the lions are um, at least judging by Brad's comments that the lions are are going to, you know, be making any of those type of moves this off season. But the one thing that Brad has done a really good job of, and I think we all agree is building this roster and finding some of those steals, be it in free agency, like a, you know, Isaiah bugs with help from the, the pro personnel people or, or, or in the draft with a, a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth round or Malcolm Rodriguez in the, the sixth round with, with the help of some of his scouts that the Lions, they just seem to to really be connected in how they view these people. And when you find somebody like that, when you get three, four, five starters like they did or m- might have done this year in the draft, like 
that's a that is a really good foundation to set yourself up for really good long term success. So, do you think that uh, that they finally have a general manager? I do. I, I think. I think. I mean, to me, the the draft is the lifeline of everything that that you're building, and um, the early returns on Brad Holmes from his first two drafts as general manager are. I don't think you can fault. You can say anything you know negative about him. Aside from maybe, hey, don't don't risk a second round pick on a guy with some injury issues like uh, like Levi, but look, he's hit stars at the top of his draft with Panay Sewell, and who knows what Aiden Hutchinson if he'll be a star. But he had a really good rookie season and as good or better than anyone else at the top of the draft. You know, he took some chances with a guy like Jama where he traded up, saw the talent. Um, we'll see how that one pans out. And he's got steals later in the draft, fines that are going to be long-term contributors on this team. Maybe Kirby Joseph, you know, certainly Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, so I think there's a lot to like about the way that he's he's built this team so far. Carlos? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of promise. Um, you know, and that's, that's the, you know, what you, what you don't want to do as a general manager is just miss, you know? Um and and the players he's taken up high, you know, they are very good. They're potentially stars, um, Hall of Famers, I think, Sean, in, in your opinion, probably. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of potential there. And then finding, and and to me, it's finding those steals, right? And he's done it. He's done it on both sides of the ball. You know, Martin Mayhew just could not draft an offensive playmaker outside of the second round. It was just impossible for him when he was at the Lions. So that was a blind, that was a, a weakness for him. But but Holmes really doesn't seem to have like uh you know he he talks about building through the you know in the trenches. He's built. He's gotten good guys on the on both sides of the ball. You know, on the line, uh, in the secondary. You know, so we're gonna have to see what what happens. Um, you know, but he's this is a this is a very good start for him. For agency, I mean, he's done a good job. I mean, they he flamed out and on the receivers last year in his first year, um, that was a struggle. And you know, they talked about well, yeah, he he admitted, you know, Goff had trouble his first year because he didn't have enough weapons around him. Well, that was his fault for missing out on Trinity Benson and who's the other guy, Dave? Well, it wasn't Trinity. It was um, not uh, Tyrell Williams and Tyrell Williams, yeah, Rashad Perryman, yeah, and Perryman Trinity was the trade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Go. Uh, go ahead. No, that's and, and, you know. So so it's all it's all part of it. The, the the draft is definitely the cornerstone, the key of how do you get guys on cheap contracts and keep them and you know all that stuff. Uh, but for agency, you know, that's that's the other half of it, and he's the other part of it. Um, but he's he's definitely there's no there's enough, and I think Dave said it. You know, in the NFC North, he's the best, definitely the best uh, general manager right now. It's it's not tough competition, you know, but he is the best general manager. So there's a lot of hope from that side. And Campbell, did you say Campbell too, Sean? Are you asking about him? Yeah, no. Yeah. I want to, yeah. Oh, there's just, no question. There's no question. Dan Campbell's, I mean, he's, he's, he's brought them back from the abyss, you know, one and six and kept them together. And, and everybody likes his message. He treats people with honesty. He's, he's a straight shooter. Um, you know, that's, that's what's kept this team going and people believe in him, his message. You know, he's hired, he's made tough decisions on his coaching staff, gotten rid of guys when, when it was time to and uh, promoted Ben Johnson and, you know, all that. So he's, the future's bright from both guys. I want to make two more points real quick. Uh, one is, you know, um, free agency. I've never really bought that much into it, right? It's sort of fool's gold. So I, 
I like what the Lions have done in free agency because they haven't signed any big contracts. You know what I mean? Like Jamal Williams is the only free agent that they've got from another team that they've signed to a multi-year deal. They just, there's no, like that's what you're, you're plugging holes until your young guys are ready and you're ready to pay your own guys. And so doing that, like, I, I like that approach, even though, you know, there people want the, the big ticket item, the shiny new, new thing, but it doesn't, history has proven it doesn't work out often that way. So I like that approach. And then two, you know, Sean, you asked about both these guys. The thing that has really impressed me is they seem like they have a plan, right? And again, there's many plans that you can win with in the NFL, but they wanted to build these lines and that's what they did. You know, they, they added Sewell to a great offensive line to make it a great offensive line to a really good collection up front. And then they've gone heavy on the defensive line. So exactly what Dan Campbell's vision is for this team, that's how Brad has built it with his acquisitions. And when you have, you know, to Carlos's point, uh, a guy like Dan, who, you know, is so good at galvanizing the locker room and, um, you know, is so good at getting people to buy in, even in tough times. Uh, it's easy to, to, you know, see that why this team has rallied behind both those guys. Well, well, first, well I, you know, first, to, I have to disagree with that because, I mean, we saw it here. Golden Tate, Glover Quinn, you know, you've had some really highly impactful free agents. You know, I, I agree. You don't want to you can't have 22 free agents, of course, but you can be judicious about it. And I think, you know, Brad even talked about that a little bit. We're going to be careful and, you know, like. Which which GM says now we're just throwing money out the window. Of course you're going to be careful. You're going to be selective, but you can do that. And I don't. And th- that's the question, Dave. Is what do you, you do what, that to make what, up for your draft misses though? When you have well, the same yeah, number. but nobody hits every draft. And when, sometimes you need veteran leadership. If you brought in a guy in that back end, you know, well, you're gonna you should get Tracy Walker back, which would be a big help. Yeah, but the Lions did that. They signed Anzalone. He's their Kyle Vandenbosch. He's their Nate Burleson. Right, just right. that that like. You know, he's not a all pro player, but he adds some know-how on defense. And so, yeah, that's what you do. And I'm I'm and they signed Anzalone to a one-year deal. And then he played well enough and they liked him. Hey, let's bring him back for another one-year deal. So they haven't locked themselves into bad contracts. But no, he was, made it, a good signing. That was a good signing, yeah. Williams was a thing. great signing. Bugs was a good signing. Kaminsky was a good signing, you know. Here's the thing is what what do they see their true window as? Because if they think it's gotta be with Goff under the next two years, if that's what they want to do, like, Hey, Jared's our guy. We love him. You know, they just can't say enough good things about him. We want to win in the next two years. Well, you, that, that speeds up your time frame. That means you've got to go get somebody and you can always closer to the trade deadline. You can add somebody, you know, but, or are they building this thing? Like, well, let's see where golf takes us in the next year, the next two, maybe we draft a quarterback and, you know, home said he wasn't, he wasn't, he liked the idea of sitting him as a rookie. So maybe they think the window's a little bit farther away from being an elite championship team. But my guess is they think that they can win sooner than that. So you're going to have to make a splash somewhere in free agency to do that. Because well, they're not going to hit home runs in the draft and get early contributors, amazing contributors every Sean, year. Sean, you may have heard this when Joe Burrow said the other day, right? Somebody had asked him. I what, did. The, windows, window, as long, he's, the yeah, windows as long as I'm playing. Yeah, Great line. And But I think that's the Lions' vision, uh, you know, Brad Holmes' vision and Dan Campbell's. The windows as long as we're here, because if we build yep. it the right way, Yep. That can be the window regardless of who the quarterback is. And, and right now when they have a Jared Goff that they trust and that's doing the right things, they see that window not as being a one or two or, or three-year thing. It's as being, if we build this thing the right way, the window's as long as we're here. No, and for sure. Plus, he's I know he's going to be 29 soon, but if he's yeah, going to keep playing right like... Now. Yeah, if he's going to keep playing like he did this year, and you never know, that's a big if, 
then that's a four or five year window, right? And plus, you know, with the way quarterbacks go that, this year, what's year that? 12, 13, 14 are the best years. That's when quarterbacks get better. <laughs> According to Jim inside, Caldwell, inside joke. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And but they sort, but sometimes they do, you know. And the sports, sports is full of people that figure stuff out at, at various levels. And who knows? Maybe golf. Uh, who, who knows? It's 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 hard to say. We all know what we watched this year from him, and he looked different. And I know he didn't throw the ball. What made him? Uh, what made that Rams offense so fun was partly him throwing the ball deep. And I know that he didn't uh, the Super Bowl year, and I know that he didn't do that much this year. But um, but that could change too with an off season with with uh, with JMO, as you guys like to say. I, I don't like calling players that we cover by their nicknames. It's just so uh, you always call Calvin Johnson Johnson, right? Yeah, exactly. Not Calvin or Nobody called yeah. him Megatron, really, but Calvin. You no, know. you you probably called him Megatron. That's that's how you are that way. But uh, no, I, so Dave, you've been around uh, the Lions a long time. Uh, Carlos, you've been in Michigan for you know twenty years at least. I mean, what what makes Campbell different? Because I you know I, I don't think the Lions have had a coach like this. And, I, and who know who knows how good he'll actually be? But I had somebody tell me the other day this guy could end up being the the tight end version of Sean Payton. That uh, what gets lost and all the knee kneecap biting and biting kneecaps and all that sort of stuff is just how smart he is. And yeah, I think I think you know he um, look he probably doesn't get enough credit for that. First of all, right? Like this wasn't the offense wasn't just Jared Goff or it wasn't just Ben Johnson or you know Dan played a, a role in that too. And and more than anything, I think what Dan does extremely well is he empowers the people around them and gives them license to. Um, you know, to A, be themselves, but, you know, be like, when I look at, you know, the fourth down decisions and the aggressiveness that he has and some of the the trick plays or the, you know, the even the, the hook and ladder that they ran the other day, right? Those are things that a lot of people don't do um, just because it's so easy to criticize that. You know, I was talking to Dave Phipp the other day and, you know, he, he sort of talking about Right. A lot of the ingenuity comes at the high school level or the small college level because they're they're so far, you know, they're they're out of the no one no one sees them, right? And so there's not the scrutiny when things go wrong, like, oh, why did you do that? You know, it it, it ruined <laughs> our chances, you know, we lost right. this game, we lost the division, whatever it is. And that I think that there's a fear that sometimes that people have just, you know, somewhere rooted deep in them that they can't do some of these things because of it backfires. Um, you know, they they're the ones that catch blame for that. And Dan just doesn't care about that you know like he empowers his people to look when this game is on the line I want the ball in our hands and I want to put it in my best playmakers the offensive line Jared Goff the D, you know whoever it is like we're the ones that are going to make the plays and we want to keep the ball and we want to do this and I think there's when you do that it it gives the people around you so much belief and confidence and it empowers them so much that um, I, I just, I think that's a very underrated part of who he is and a part of this team's success that he's built this belief in all these people around him from the players to the coaches, to the staff that you do your job and I'm going to let you do your job. And I want you to do your job because I believe in you. And then when they go ahead and do that, it just sort of builds and compounds. Um, and, and that's a big part of why I think the lions, you know, have had so much success and why they believe in Dan Campbell so much. Carlos, what do you, what do you yeah, think? I, you've, been, I think? You've been a long time observer of this franchise. Have you seen anything like this before? No, he's he's unique in the way that he. Um, I mean, from from I talked to Anzalone about this the other day, and he, you know, he was with him in New Orleans, so he has a longer, deeper perspective, probably of of uh, you know Campbell than the other players. And 
he said he's just genuine. He's a genuine guy. You know, he doesn't BS you. He tells you where you stand, what he thinks, um, you know, good or bad. And and I think, and, and but to Dave's point, yeah, that's, you know, the coaches, the players, this is what we expect if you come through with it. You know, if you deliver, I'm going to believe in you even more. I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you the support that you need to do your best. And I mean, I think for us, Sean, I mean, I, definitely, you know, you've been to a couple of practices and press conferences this year, and Dave and I've been to a few too, and he's different. I mean, he's just the, uh, he, I mean, the, like just in Green Bay, one of the, just, I, I don't know if this speaks to, you know, who he is and uh, the, the key to his personality, but he has his little hat on after the game. It was really cold and we're talking and you know it's a big exciting game a blah 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 and it's just in the middle it's like hey am i talking too loud it just it's like i have this hat on and i, I, I saw him do I, that yeah. yeah and it just it's just like this human part of him of just he doesn't get mad he doesn't get you know he doesn't he doesn't it's endearing to be yourself especially when you win you, you gotta be it's it's there's it's, there's no question there's and you know what the one of the things that people say a lot in the nfl which i think is wrong is one of the co- a lot of the coaches like to say, "Oh, the best advice I got was be yourself." What if you're a jerk? Being yourself doesn't really work out. Campbell is not a jerk, but he is himself, and it works out when you've got a winning personality. And there's no with Campbell, I don't sense there's like this agenda. You know, with Caldwell, it was very much like a we're going to be a good, upright citizen. You know. God fearing family man team, you know, because it was the reaction from Schwartz where it was, you know, the dirty dozen. Everybody's getting in trouble every week. And it was a program out of control and all this stuff. And Schwartz was full of himself. And Patricia was telling guys to, you know, stop slouching and fighting with the media, you know, at the beginning. And Campbell just came in and like, and that's the funny thing about the wrong, the thing people get wrong about Campbell all the time. Even locally, people ask about this all the time. What's he like? Is he a meathead? Is he whatever? Like, no, he's actually a pretty introspective, insightful guy. But it's, it is. it's with the hard candy shell of a dude who listens to Metallica, you know, and like, that's the, that's what gets lost. That's what, if you watch Hard Knocks, it gives you the wrong impression because they like watching him do a hundred up downs. They like having him talk about drowning people in the shallows or something weird and all that. That's just that's just like kind of a fun, wacky part of his personality. It's not the meaningful part. The meaningful part is I respect people. I'm genuine. Um, and I don't take things personally. And he even made a joke about, you know, I was going to get fired at one and six or whatever. <laughs> like it's he knows how he, he's been around the game as a he's, player and as assistant a long time. He doesn't take things personally. The very first thing he said at his very first press conference, because you remember, right, the Lions wanted or thought about Matt Campbell was, you know, I'm glad the Lions got the wrong Campbell, right? Like, he, I mean, from the minute <laughs> he said, he I told my Asian, I'm, da- I'm Matt yes. Campbell, right? Yeah, like, you know, it's, I mean, he's, it just is so genuine and endearing, and he is. Who he I'll is. tell you something else. That first press conference, right? If you remember, people remember this, he had made these homophobic comments when he was at Texas A&M as a player. It was a, there was a big dust up about that. They came up again, whatever, you know, and I asked him that question. I wanted him to have a chance to address it personally, right off the bat. Tell me what you think. Didn't get pissed. Didn't get, didn't take exceptions. Like, yep, he owned it. Like it was a mistake, you know, and good. That let him move on. He didn't get angry. How can you bring this up? And well, it's been 20 years, whatever. That's the way that, that was the first thing that showed me this guy's different. This guy, this guy knows how to be a leader. He knows how to answer tough questions about himself. And it's probably going to be about his team. There's going to be tough times that come up. 
And sure as heck, the Anthony Lynn thing, the Aubrey Pleasant thing, he had he had to make some tough calls on those. That's unique. And he's done it when he's made those calls. It, you can see it's bothered him because he respected those guys, but he had to do it for the betterment of the team. And he was willing to do it. Other guys are loyal to a fault and like, why aren't you going to make a change? And they wait till the end of the season. It's like, nope, don't have time for that. We got to make a move. There's 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 friendship, but there's prof- the, the profession and the game. And we got to move on. We can't afford this. One thing um, real quickly that has always stuck with me was stuck with me was the story from the anecdote from uh, Kelvin Shepard, right? About the, about his hair. He had, he had dreadlocks and he was trying to get into the coaching uh, the ranks, yep. so to speak. And he was worried that uh, he might not look the part, you know, that there's still that old boy network. And he talked to Campbell about it. And he's like, absolutely you're not. You're going to, you don't need to cut your hair. You're not going to cut your hair. You come be here who you are. And yeah. uh, that, that, I don't know if that, I'd give him that advice. That really NFL owners are, but yeah, no, no, but but Campbell was adamant about that, and that really stuck with me. And to your point about the homophobic comment, when I heard that story, like you know, people people can change, right? They can learn. He was young when he was at Texas A and M, and the culture, thank goodness, has changed a lot with him in the last twenty five years, right? When you think about, I'm not trying to excuse what he's said at all, but we've all learned. I think we all look back and say, "Oh my God, I can't believe I maybe thought that way and I didn't realize it," right? So. But to right. your point about him owning it, look, uh, we need to take one more um, quick break here, uh, Carlos and Dave. But I, I have one last topic. I, we'll keep it fairly short, but I have one last topic I want to get to with the Lions and um, that has to do with Sunday night. And it's a little bit of Dan Campbell, but more of this idea of the reaction we saw nationally. And I want to get both your thoughts. So let's, uh, let's uh, pay some bills and we'll be right back with more Free Press Sports. Hello. I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slaurie and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch, as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom have spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartans Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson and Sean. Um, all right. So Sunday night, the Lions win, and uh, Dan Campbell gets interviewed, I think, at the end of the first quarter and is asked, what are they playing for? I assume you guys saw this from the press box in Green Bay, but what, what are they playing for? Because the Seahawks won, and so there was no playoff spot uh, to be had. And he's like, we want to keep them out. I can't remember the exact quote, but um, so there's that. Then then they pull off the hook and ladder, and they win. And all of a sudden, maybe it's not all of a sudden, maybe it's been building for the last few weeks, but um, just the, just the, the local reaction, obviously, is one thing. And you could talk about that. Dave, you just made the point off the air that in your lifetime, you've never felt like this with this team, that this organization actually might have something sustainable. And then, two beyond this area, 
how much fun everybody was talking about all these and you to your point about Dan Campbell. But so what's they're not gonna beat the Cowboys or the Packers, but Detroit is a foundational team. It's an old city, and there's a there's a weird place for this city in America's heart in a way. It's a love-hate thing, kind of, but there's a chance here to create a new space in the league if they really get going. And I'm curious just, what y'all one think. Pre- one little thing for preface for whatever Dave says is he he's going to say nice things because he finally the Lions finally have a head coach who doesn't hate him. So go ahead, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Dan. Maybe Dan's angry about me or at me about something. Um, but uh, and I got along with other coaches uh, in their tenures. Um, but no, look, I, yeah, I, what we were talking about off air is that's exactly what I said. Like in my adult life, at least, right. Um, I don't ever remember being as positive about what this team is building than right now. 2011, Matthew Stafford was young and Dominican Sue was young. You looked at that roster and you thought, wow, they might have a couple stars. So maybe they could really be something. They didn't do anything 2012. They brought everyone back. They fell apart. They went four and four and 12. And it was kind of like, ah, maybe this thing's a house of cards. 2014, really good defense. One of the best in the NFL was Sue, but then Sue left and it, it just never seemed sustainable. And in this thing, because it's so young and because of the people involved, it, it definitely does. And, and Sean, you know, what you were saying about Dan, I think is hundred percent right that, you know, he is in, you know, by, and because of him, that the Lions organization is so, easy to root for among people across the league, right? This is an organization that's been beat down and Dan is such an everyman that it's easy for people in Pittsburgh or Dallas or LA or whatever outside of their team. If you follow football to be like, you know what, man, I really hope that team wins because they haven't done this in a, in a, in a while. And I I really like that Dan Campbell guy because he's, he's just so genuine. And so I think even though the lions don't have, you know, a star on the magnitude of a Patrick Mahomes or a Justin Jefferson or, you know, some of these these um, these personalities that the game is really built around. I think there's enough of that in Dan that, you know, this Lions team can really be like when when the schedule comes out next year, the Lions are going to have, you know, four or five nationally televised games because they're such a hot team right now and such a feel-good story. And for that to not be a Pittsburgh or a Green Bay or a Dallas, I think that really says something about um, what Dan and Brad have built and, and about, you know, Dan's personality. Uh, let me let me just say that, uh, you know, Sean's revisionist history because he, he wants another easy column to write about how great everything is. 2011 was different, okay? We cannot forget that. Uh, you know, and, and I don't know, David, did you cover 0-16 and 08? I did. 0-16 was my first. I was at the Oakland Press. My first full season covering the Lions was 0-16. Okay. So, so there was some optimism that, there too after seven and nine. You're right. Coming back when when you people forget because they want to villainize Jim Schwartz and whatever, but coming back from 0-16 in three years in 2011, right? That was a huge deal. People really believed in this team, and Schwartz was much different. People forget Rod Marinelli. Uh, you know, I don't even know if he knew the offense existed. I mean, I, he was basically a, a glorified defensive line coach um, on that team. Couldn't complete a sentence, you know, fought with the media, all this different stuff. Just terrible head coach. Um, and Schwartz came in really smart. You know, he's cocky and all that stuff, but he was winning. That 2011 team, okay, you want to denigrate it. I mean, okay, so who was the sack leader? Cliff Averill, 11 sacks. Kyle Vandenbosch, 8 sacks. Sue had 4 sacks that year. 
they had a pretty good def- a pretty good defense that year. It wasn't bad, you know. And then you had obviously you had Calvin, you had Nate Burleson, you had uh, Javid Best was on that team. You had some young, exciting players on five and zero until Javid got hurt. They looked so good those first five games too. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing is you nobody could see that, but but you weren't sure you didn't know what was going to happen. That was the beginning of this whole CTE stuff, and yep. and he became the poster boy of that. But that was that there was a lot of excitement, and obviously Stafford, you know, I mean that there was a lot of excitement around that team. Obviously, it didn't work out, but I think this is the this this reminds me a little bit of that time of maybe this is the start. It felt different with Mayhew and with Schwartz. You know, and uh, and even Luan. Yeah. I mean, Luan's always, you know, like he's kind of been viewed a little bit differently. But they had a a smart kind of promising brain trust at the top. So this does feel similar that way, um, in in some regards. But right now, at least, you know, Campbell feels a lot different, a, a unique figure in the coaching ranks of the Lions. But it feels a little similar to to, to that. No, to that Carlos, part. Sean, just one other thing on that because Carlos is right. Like it, it, you know, two 2000- thousand. And like I said, right, it was it was a lot of optimism. You know, it was so young and, you know, they, who knows, right? Sue, I mean, he's got a potential Hall of Fame resume. Stafford looked like he might be a star at that time. Um, but I, I think people like Schwartz, too, because he sort of brought that confidence that Eric, sort of like Swagger Dan does just in a different way. You know, Dan is more, you know, uh, you know, grounded with some of that, right? He doesn't come across as, as you know, he's popping his collar up and, you know, he's, <laughs> but, but don't say we're scared. Yeah, the, the Lions needed some of that under Jim, too. And I think Jim's personality, a lot of people, they're similar in some ways, right? Jim was, he was a heavy metal guy, too, you know, and he he had some ties to, to you know, Belichick and Parcel. So I, I do think there are some similarities between those those two. No, 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 no. The, there's just no for, question. Just for, the, just for the listener, the music, the audio files out there, Jim Schwartz is a hair metal guy, hair band guy, <laughs> like rat, and listening to those garbage bands. Dan's a Metallica, like a true, honest heavy metal guy. Okay, so you're denigrating poison and, uh, you yes, know, poison and rat, like Motley, Motley, Motley Crew and all that. No, yes. no, I, I, this, there's no revisionist stuff in here. No, that team was fun. I remember being at Ford Field, especially the, I can't remember what team they beat in that 5 and 0 start, and Best went crazy. And Bears. But, no, no, there was fun and there was some optimism. What's different now to you? Obviously, you're the coaching, there's a difference in how the coaches are perceived for sure. But what's different now? And what I've sensed from just readers, fans, and just your own observations is that that was a, that was potential stars, right? There were potential stars. It was fun. It was electric. And you're right. Cliff Avery was a really good player and went on to win a Super Bowl in Seattle. However, even then, and this ended up playing out fairly quickly, there wasn't the sense that this was going to be a dominate, a dominate, a physically dominating team on either side of the ball. The way, and that's what's different now. And that's what's speaking to this region a little bit because. People like to think of it, you know, whether it's real or not, people like to think of themselves that way. It's why Campbell's tapped in so well around here, right? There's a sense that uh, they can go out and play with anybody right now, whether they can or can't, it's a different question, but there's a perception that they can because of that physicality. And that's what's different from 2011. Beyond, I mean, look, Sue, Sue wasn't was, physical. He, I mean, he nearly, was, nearly no, he was, but he was field. one guy. First of all, there was, the offensive line wasn't the same. It's, <laughs> it, it was just, and it was Sue. Right, I'm calling Dominic Rayle and telling him that, but go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's just it's just different. Sue, Nick Farrelly, Bandon Bosch. I mean, those guys offensive are tough line dudes. wise, it, it wasn't quite like defensive line. Sue was a nasty dude, man. He no, he was. No, he was great. Fairly was a great, great, great Fairly was an animal when he 
when he felt like uh, playing. But he wasn't, he wasn't, he, yeah, he was. Vandenbosch had the best motor I've ever seen fair, him. Any fairly, player. fairly had um, incredible. Bullock was good. Justin incredible Bryant balance good. And, uh, and skill and speed for his size. No, he was a freak. He just didn't use I it. don't know if this team right now is like, people are like, they're going to kill us. They're, they're, they're maulers. I don't know if that's really who they are right now. I mean, no, they, well, they are on the offensive line. That's how they play. And they're tough-minded they're just tough-minded in a way that's, and that's what people are sensing. Anyway, I, uh, I think you're right, Dave. Nationally, I mean, uh, you're right. They they haven't been good in so long, except for a couple of blips here and there. Your 2011 blip, obviously the Barry stuff. But let um, me tell you, let me tell you, nationally, di- Sean, it's different. Let me tell you how it is. I'm not talking about pundits. I'm talking about the but, football fans. Football fans, whatever you want, anybody not in Detroit or Michigan, the way the Lions are going to be perceived is basically the Bengals. The way people look at Detroit is they're generally a ne'er-do-well team from a city I don't want to visit. It's Detroit or Cincinnati or, you know, it's like a second-rate city. It's different. It's it's not. It is. It's That's how people view it. And it's like they may have a good season here and there. You know, they were, they deserve that reputation. You know, it's going to take a long time before that. No, changes. of course they do in, in terms of being the, the the losers forever, but it's different, you know, right? It's like an Ozark. You know, what's the, funny is we're the, talking the about, about the Lions, the Lions sucking every year and the inevitability of that. But the, to, to compare Detroit and Cincinnati, that's just not true. Detroit is actually, it's absolutely true. That's people. It's absolutely Detroit. not true. I, it's absolutely not true. No, but you think Coney Coney dogs are great. So no, that's, uh, it has you're to a do Michigander, with that. man. Come on. I'm not a Michigander. I grew up all over the world. Detroit is associated Worldly with things that shape this country, right? And it's just different. Nobody knows that. Nobody understands. You, you know, you, people don't understand Detroit's history and all yeah, this 18 stuff. 18-year-olds don't, but but older people do. Of course they do. Make Detroit. a TikTok video. They'll find out. They'll learn about it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. TikTok will solve it. What do you mean nobody knows that? There are people that come from all over Europe to listen to music here, whatever, and and tour the factories. There's a there's a there's a different kind of um people are obsessed with the fall of the 20th century and all there's all kinds of layers, not to mention Motown and the cars and all that sort of stuff. It's just it's not Cincinnati. There's no there's no uh pain out there for 60 years with Cincinnati, right? I mean they've been to the Super Bowl a couple of times. I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel your subscription to the Atlantic or something because you're you're getting a little too high minded with all this. People are coming to tour factories. No. No, it's like it's like Jacksonville. Jacksonville's been bad for most of its existence and nobody that's a team that people don't have any who knows anything about Jacksonville or that place, right? That's different. They haven't even been around that long. People so think I would of the say- lines I two would things, say two, to add two, some. Go ahead, Dave. To, to, you know, look, you guys, I want to interrupt your argument here. It's part <laughs> of what makes the podcast. But um, I do think Detroit, the Lions, could be like the Bills. The Bills have become a lovable team, right? It's not. It's a four straight Super Bowls. What are you talking about? Yeah, but they, but they're, it's no, a they're very similar lovable. type of city. And they're not like, it's to Sean's point, right? We're not talking Jacksonville. And since he has a great quarterback, too, but we're not talking. But the Bills, there is something where people, I think, you know, they they slayed like the the Patriots, who for twenty years were the the best thing in football, right? And now the Bills with a with a really fun quarterback and and um you know an offense that's, that's great to watch in this cold weather. Like there's just and tailgaters that jump on tables. Yes, that all of a sudden, it, people exactly right. People know you can that. respect the Buffalo football fan, and they slayed this dragon that everyone in the NFL hated. Well, the Lions could be the same thing because no one likes Green Bay. Like Green Bay is the, the most beloved or hated team in the NFL, right? But the Lions finally get over that Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers hump. And maybe, maybe, you know, if, if with Dan Campbell leading the way, maybe 
people do. They will start to gravitate towards the Lions and be like, man, that's my, you know, I, I really like that team outside of my other team. You know, there, there are going to be people that root for people, people, people. I mean, let's face it, right? It's fantasy football that guides a lot of interest and, and true. why you gravitate. You know, 100%. who are you going to have? Jared Goff on your fantasy team? I mean, like, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Amon Ra is the one guy that you're going to have on the team right now. But, but Sean doesn't like calling him JMO. He doesn't like calling Mr. Mr. Williams. But, you know, yeah. the, the thing yeah, with, with the respect. Lions is that they're not going to, you know, the, the two things, the two things people think about when they think about the Lions, Barry Sanders and Thanksgiving. That's it. That's all you know about the Lions. Well, no, and, and losing, losing. Yeah, well, losing. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. losers. And if yeah, they exactly. start winning, Dan Campbell will be something else that they associate with the Lions. It's going to take a long time for them to change that narrative. And, yeah, and, and it won't and take fact long. Is, People have short memories it takes that way. Stars. People will just love stars. And Dave's celebrity. point is the do you not listen to Dave's point? He's saying Dan Campbell will be the star. And it's true. Maybe. He's got, yeah, he's coaches, we coaches got a have to go so Sunday far night. to be stars. I mean, I mean that's why watch. Hard Knocks wanted to be here because of Dan Campbell. Like, yeah, exactly. but how many Dan times are people going to watch right a press now. conference of Dan Campbell throughout the year? You know? Yep. From the minute when he talks about biting kneecaps, he's been the star. Even if people were like making right. fun of that at the time, Dan is the star oh, of this you, team. You, you're, yeah. People, you're just drawn to him, right? Now, obviously, they got to win, or, or this is all you know, lose his job, right. or whatever. But it's this is all predicated on winning, of course. This whole silly argument, but but no, I'm with you, Dave. Campbell's going to be the star. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, JMO. God, I can't believe you made me use air quotes, Carlos. Uh, he, he he could have a chance just because he's so fun to watch, right? I mean, I mean, even yeah. just the little glimpses. So that could be something. But uh, I don't know. It's just it was just really interesting watching Sunday night happen. I think we got a glimpse beyond this area, and especially within this area of how people are, you know, reacting to the, to this team. And plus, Carlos, to your point about fantasy football. Like the Lions are a fun team that way because even if there's not like somebody putting up huge, huge numbers individually, they're scoring 30 something. Like they're a fun team to watch with the the fake punts and the going forward on fourth oh, yeah. down and some of the 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 yes. you know the creative offensive things that they do. Like that that this is we're not talking about grinding out, you know, 17, 14 wins every week with a, yeah. a running game that, you know, runs the ball 40 times in today's NFL. No, they're throwing it and they're getting after it on defense, blitzing, getting so I, I do think for the football fan that tunes into the games and and knows more about the Lions than just the personality of Dan Campbell, you know, they watch the Lions and say, well, it's a pretty fun team. And I, I can watch a Lions game, whereas maybe it's tougher to watch a a, a Pittsburgh Steelers game. And you it's can watch you can, you can watch all that great offense in Carolina next year when Ben Johnson and comes in <laughs> and lights that world on fire. Well, it's funny, Dave. I got um, I, I heard from a lot of people text Sunday night, just you know, people that I know that live in the area. Not family necessarily, but your um, sons or two sons, yeah. No, no, that were just enjoying themselves. Uh, the The phone was just kind of blowing up a little bit about because they were having so much fun. That's where people are saying, "Oh my God, it had, it's been since '91 that they've had." There's just something about this combination, this coach and his team, the the pulling out of the. We just we we haven't talked enough about starting one and six and then going eight and two or whatever. Right. I mean, that's just that that's just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Doesn't I happen. mean, almost that, never. Right. So that. That's a huge part of this, right? I got but, a text uh, from from an NFL guy uh, during the game or at the end of the game. I didn't see it till you know way later after the game. But again, someone who hadn't seen a lot of Lions, you know, busy with his own work. And uh, two things he said, you know, after that those plays at the end, he said Lions were letting their I don't know if I can say it on our podcast hang out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, 
And then he said, yeah, as long as Jared Goff is schemed up like this, you know, like Kirk Cousins is like, uh, this is going to be a real team, like a real team to, to contend with. Defense needs more talent, but they play hard and, and lo- love what they're doing, though. This is from a, a, a rival NFL person. So, the, the, you know. The, the best meme I saw all night, I get shared around all, especially after the hook and ladder call, was the, I don't know if you guys have seen the Big Lebowski, but there's a kind yeah. of an iconic scene with John Turturro and a bowling partner of his, and they're, they've got their balls hanging in these sacks, their bowling balls hanging in these sacks, hanging out in there. Yeah. They're kind of... Right, their knees are bent a little bit, and they're they act like they're they're cleaning them, and it's just awesome, right? It was an idea of uh, well, Campbell's got you know, right? Campbell's the big Lebowski. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, did you did that that text, Dave? Um, did you get it uh, after my text to come pick me up at the hotel? <laughs> No. You missed you missed both of them. Uh, I understand. No, it's no, it's it's, really. it's it's all it's all it always comes back to. We have way, time to air our travel grievances here. We have time to air our travel grievances here. Yeah, we do. Soon. But my 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 one thing I keep thinking about this whole thing with the Packers and the finish and whatever, right? Nine and eight. Detroit, for anybody who's not from Detroit, who's listening to this podcast, it's like we're talking about they got to the NFC championship and people literally wanted to parade. Like people are, I can't believe the perspective. I mean, as much progress as there is, Carlos. Say that people again. wanted to, people. They were people Sunday night saying, "Can we please have a parade?" I am, and they were being were serious. They, yeah. I am not. We lying. have a special book we're putting out. I'm just wondering. Is there? A, <laughs> yeah, didn't you get the? You missed that text too. Yeah, you oh, you're already crazy. do like four chapters. It's crazy, Carlos. You and I were sitting next to each other one of the early games when they were maybe I don't remember what game it was, and they, they won a home game, and they had been they were three or four games under 500. They were slowly climbing out, maybe, and we were looking at each other like, "This is this loud and crazy for a team that's three games under five. It's crazy." Yeah, and but but to Dave's point, that's part of it—the exciting offense. It's not a—it's a fun team offensively. It's a fun team. And it Campbell's is part of that no and all that. It's fun to watch, and it's true. The NFL is a very conservative uh, league in many ways, but especially like play calling. You know, you're going to run the ball until they stop you and whatever. And so, yeah, it's fun. There's a lot of promise and. Hopefully they can keep going, but it's just hilarious. We'll nine, see. The best damn nine and eight team you've ever seen in NFL history. <laughs> no, Dave's talking about this is the most promise they've had in his whole life. Basically, it's, it's the promise. Life. It's not the it's nine. Two thousand eleven. Yeah. It, it it is no the two thousand eleven was. It if was, Sue was nicer to him, he would have said that was the best. No, team. it was built. Sue, Sue was it was very built I love covering Sue. I love covering Sue. He was yeah. It was funny to write. He was a good and player, he was man. really fun to watch, man. When he was young, he was some kind of player. No, that's the same with Calvin Johnson. Right. Yep. There's, there's no question. All right. Do you have a couple of grievances uh, <laughs> you want to well, air? Why don't, Carlos, why don't you go ahead and air yours first? Because they're about me. And then I'll air mine about Sean. It's not really. Look, I can. <laughs> it, it's not really. I just have a question about Sean's travel habits that I, I wanted to you know, make the, the listeners aware of that. Maybe they can weigh in on because I just don't know how many people do that. But go ahead, Carlos. Say, All right. This I, is our favorite I, thing, right, Sean, that we're doing. Uh, oh, favorite thing or grievances? Or just grievances. What a, what I'm just grievances. grievances. No, let's 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 just change it up. You know, we my can least a, favorite thing. <laughs> you can have a favorite thing too. It doesn't matter. I mean, Dave's got to have a favorite do my thing. Favorite thing. Thing. I do have a favorite thing. You know that. My favorite thing and my yeah. least favorite thing are kind of tied a little bit. I guess. All right. So, well, go ahead. Go ahead. My favorite thing was going to Lambeau Field for the first time, uh, and not only did I get to go to Lambeau field for the first time and it was a big game. It was a fun, exciting environment. I got to see every square inch of outside of Lambeau field because the person who was driving me to Lambeau field didn't bother to Google it or ways it. 
So we drove around every neighborhood of Lambeau Field and Green Bay several times. A cop lied to us to go to the wrong way. So Mr. Burkett and I finally arrived. And uh, what were we, about a mile away from? We parked about a mile away from the from the stadium. Uh, it was a long walk. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. It was it lived up to the building. Um, you've been there, Sean. They had the fireworks, the feel to think that, man, Curly Lambeau was here and Vince Lombardi. And this was the ice bowl. It was just cool. It was just a really cool environment. Like Dave said, as we were driving home. Uh, Nobody knows about the ice bowl, Carlos. Come on. I know. Okay. Two, two in just the morning. Just like they don't know about Motown. You know, yeah. Nobody knows about the ice bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just go to the factories where they made the cheese curds. That's what people come to Green Bay for. But so Dave and I were driving home and he's like, you know, we we're talking about the whole, you know, to use a Sean word, the zeitgeist of, you know. I've never Rainbow, used that word. Green That's Bay. a Carl's used it, word. Used it all the time. That's a projection Carl's word, right? And uh, Dave says, you know, this is like, I can't, we were both like, how can fans stand out there? It was like, with the wind chill, it was like 14 degrees, you know, three, two and a half hour, three hour game. And he's like, you know, but I get it. Uh, it's a bucket list thing. You know, you should go. He tells Fans who ask them what road game Lambeau was the place to go, and and it was a mm-hmm. cool environment outside the stadium, Title Town, all the stuff they do. So I would tell fans, as much as you hate the Packers, and I there was so much hate for the Packers, even the Lions. I think they crossed the line a little bit with some of their stuff. Uh, the tweet they sent out with an FTP hashtag, whatever, a little 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 tough, but uh, ah, but I would fun. say. But I would say go. It's, it was a fantastic time. I really enjoyed going it, even though I almost got abandoned in Appleton by my so what's by your grievance? driver. What's my, your grievance? My grievance is that I almost got abandoned texting at 5 a.m. Hey, Dave, are you picking me up? No answer. I told him to leave his ringer on because I knew he was going to fall asleep. We had two hours of sleep in the hotel. Like, no. So I'm like, something either really bad has happened to Dave or whatever. <laughs> but I'm not getting a ride to the airport. So I had to call Lyft to take me. But uh, it all worked <laughs> out. It was a fun it was a fun trip and uh it was good to share it with uh with Mr. Briquet too. All right, okay, Dave, what are, what are your grievances and your favorite thing? Okay, first of all, in my defense on our journey around Lambeau Field, like there like the, the lot was impossible to find. They moved the regular media parking lot. It's a different <laughs> lot. It was incredibly far away. The sign that it was there wasn't even a sign like out on the main strip that we were coming in on and the sign was like a you know, four by four little sign that was like here lot 15. So I, I can't take fault for that. I do have to cop to to nearly abandoning Carlos. Um I typically when Why I travel you? I, yeah, that's I mean that's part of it. It's probably somewhere deep in the back of my head that I wanted to, but you know, I, I don't usually need alarms when I to wake up in the morning, even for 6 a.m. flights. Like I set them, but my body just gets me up. And this one I got back to the hotel probably 345 after I dropped Carlos off at his hotel. For some reason he didn't want to stay at my hotel. And then I set my alarm. It woke me up. I got a wake up call, uh, woke me up. You know, I hit snooze, woke up and I was like, all right, I got to go take a shower, fell back asleep, woke up at 530 legitimately for a 630 flight and saw Carlos's text. And I was like, oh, crap, I better get to the airport ASAP. And so (laughs) Carlos had already found a ride to the airport by then. But that was my I, you know, I, whatever I, I can cop to that. I was a bad travel partner this time because I, I nearly left him hanging. My, my that's grievance, gangster, by the way. Obviously, that's 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 awesome. Five thirty yeah, for I, six six thirty flight behind me. Press five thirty six thirty three flight. Thankfully, it was in Appleton, so there was no you know I had to drop a rental car off at off to. Thankfully, it was right there. You could walk across and go right through security. So I made it um, barely by the skin of my teeth. Um, my grievance. All right, my grievance, Sean. This—it's not really a grievance because it didn't really affect me. But I just have to—I had to ask. I asked Carlos this when we were traveling the other day. 
Sean, for the listeners out there, he still checks a bag when we are going on trips for like 48 hours, not even he checks a bag. And I just, in today's day and age of travel, I don't get it, Sean. I, I need you to explain to the people why you do it. I know you've explained it to me. Just carry a little duffel, man. It's so easy. That way you don't, that way when you land, you can just hop in your car and get out of there too. You don't have to wait for the luggage and you don't have to lose your luggage like you nearly did when we were coming back from Carolina on Christmas Eve. Those things are, I, I just, I feel, I feel for you, man. I want you to, I want you to be, I want to be a good travel partner to you. And so I want to give you this advice to, to check that, to not check that bag from now no, on. I, I'm not, uh, no, I, I don't, I like going through airports without my main bag and I have my computer bag, which is actually a little, you know, it's the wheels on it, which is great. I mean, I've carried over my shoulder through stadiums and all that and practice, but, uh, but in the airport, I... Why do you have I, wheels I, on your computer bag? I pull the handle out. Actually, Alicia Anderson, a great colleague of ours, great, great news reporter, saw that bag when we were at the... She did, went to the World Series to do some news side stuff in 2012 in San Francisco and saw that bag. And then it was so enamored with it, got one herself. Yeah. <laughs> so the, there's a there's a young person who's uh, who understands what that is. I don't like having a, the bigger bag through the airport. It's not big. I just, it's I like just like it. Bag. It's got I one just like having my. Uh, no, I bring shoes, and uh, you know, I got a dot kit with some stuff that I that I got to have. Part of it is nine eleven. Um, you know, you can't. You used to be able to carry on. Uh, I didn't used like, to check as much before that. You used to be able to carry on. Yeah, it was so that was that that was sort of part of it. I just got in the habit of it, and then I just felt free in the airports and traveling without the bag. And uh, Delta's been pretty reliable. Delta's great. We were traveling you know, a different airline when they didn't uh, didn't pack no, the bag on the plane. No, it's true. But they do it's have true. these little travel size, uh, you know, things for whatever you need now that you can check. Yeah, but that not the not the brand, not the brands that I like. You know, that I'm used to. I'm just I got a little OCD with some things like that. You know, I like to have. Uh, I like to take the things. You know, and I I pack a certain way. I always put my whatever second pair of shoes. You know, on this side, yeah. I put. You know, right. It's just part of it's. Part of it's just superstition with flying too. Why do you so. have two pairs of shoes? I don't. I bring one. I bring whatever's on my feet, and then I always bring a backup pair. I just, I just want to. I want to know from all the, the the listeners out there, who checks bag? How many people check bags when they're going for like this? A short, you know, we're gone for you know two nights essentially, and so it's just my. Yeah, I, 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 I like to a, get in and get out. I get to the airport. 45 minutes in advance, an hour in advance. At I have the way I pack, but you don't, you don't go anywhere when you travel either. The other thing too, is I, I don't, you know, because right. the, the, the weather, <laughs> the weather can change. So I've always got an extra coat, whatever, you know, part of it's because I used to travel when I was a news reporter, when I was young and, um, or younger, how about that? And, <laughs> and sometimes you'd get into situations where you needed something would happen. You need, so I just got into that habit a long time ago of trying to be prepared and, um, having extra stuff, especially if I'd got, you know, you get shipped off to places and you didn't know. So that's kind of where it comes from too, is a long time, you know, traveling for news and stuff. But well, one thing, just just to give a, you I, I really, it. I really hate to defend Sean, but one of the oh, reasons Lord. that Dave does not, if you check, defend Sean, that, that, ain't, that confirms that I'm on the right side of this. Debate. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, we're not, we're not Mr. Briquette who has sky priority platinum lifetime platinum who gets on the plane first. And can put his bag wherever he damn well pleases. That is an the, issue. That is an issue. With the poor folk who board with main boarding, and that's not an end, issue for me. But that is an issue for a lot. That's of an people. issue for me for the poor, poor folk. I mean, we got to wait. Like, well, guess what? 
Briquette brought three bags. He took up all the overhead, you know, no, storage. You, so you, you got to get on front a, of the plane. Getting on a plane your... early is key in terms of yes. finding space for your bag. But I don't know. I just had my computer. Even my computer bag's big enough that I it, it it's no fun if it gets stuck under the seat because you need a smaller it, computer bag. I have long legs and uh, it's not my bag's not that big. It's just you shouldn't uh, have wheels on it. I've never been even gold until this year on Delta, and that's only because they carried over all the miles from the pandemic. So, Carlos is as usual inflating my my well, travel. What doesn't right? what doesn't he inflate? Right? I mean, that's the thing. Even though he is trying to defend me, I I, I want to accept it. <laughs> wow. but I, don't, I try to defend him, and no, nope, <laughs> but I don't time. know. I don't know that I trust it. You know what I mean? Well, what's your that's favorite right? thing or grievance? Because then? he's you, because you he's, come up with one. he's talking really? about poor. He's exactly talking about the poor folk. You mean the people that don't grind and travel? And earn those, uh, earn that status, right, Dave? Yeah, travel sucks, man. We don't want you. Don't want to be on the road. But you guys slept for two hours. And you're yeah, talking about that some kind of. Yeah. I slept for maybe an hour because I got back to my hotel at three forty-five. My wake up. I set my alarm for four thirty-five, and that's romantic. And, and that's yes. what uh, ind- indicative of a, a, a rich, wealthy life, elitist life. Come on, Carlos. You know how hey, many real points, quick, you know know s- how many points he got? Oh my god. Yeah, not yeah, not but he earns that, them. Right? He's not. Yeah, he's not. Right. It's, this isn't a trust. He's he not John a trust Housen, fund. He earns them. You're acting like he's a trust fund baby out there in private jets, dude. He's out there grinding away. We're not going to bring us, up where he vacations during the bringing us the but, uh, bringing uh, yeah. us the best lines coverage out there. Come on, that's, man. I'm just you know you got to use those points because that's the only good thing that comes with travel. Real quick, uh, just because I know you guys do a favorite thing, uh, it's got to be Demar Hamlin sent home from the hospital. We're we're, we're taping this on Wednesday. Um, everything that he went through, you know, the medical staff that helped save him in Buffalo, um, you know, for him to. Uh, be well enough to to go home from the hospital today. Best wishes for a continued recovery. That's the, the best thing I saw this week. Well, that's awesome. Oh. Now, now, whatever mine will be. I usually do my family. Like a, I know, like I a selfish jerk. Yeah, okay. thank you for not doing basketball. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> next time. Next time. Next time. Next no, time. well, we know how much you love basketball. Yeah, that's 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 great, Mar Hamlin. And uh, now, Carlson and I are just, I guess, selfish. Uh, I can't even say the word. It's a family <laughs> podcast here. Right? <laughs> selfish jerks. <laughs> No, I, I took that one for you. So it's you not about share, somebody else. You can share your own one. So I don't. I don't have any grievance, really. Other, yeah, I don't. I know it's. I'm just. Uh, I'm grateful to be on the podcast with you guys. How about this? My favorite thing is that. Um, is that we didn't have any. Uh, we didn't have to lay anybody off. We didn't have any forced layoffs. And that's uh, and that's too. a and that's a win in this industry, right? You know, I know we lost some talented people. Um, I guess we could say that's a grievance, but they were people that wanted to go, um, you know, either into retirement or do other things or try other things. And, and, uh, you know, it's part, it's part of life, but, uh, I guess that would be my favorite thing is that, that we didn't have to, that the paper didn't have to force anybody out. So how about that? You're here. Yes. How about that? I'm sure you guys, you guys offered me up as a sacrificial lamb, I'm sure. But other than that, yeah. No, we we wouldn't. It's got to be somebody. We wouldn't do that. And if we did do it, we'd do it when we had a big meeting. We'd do it in front of everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) We'd we'd do that. But uh, I know the podcasts aren't popular with everybody. So, you know. Yeah, no, I guess. I guess not. Yeah. Why are we even doing this podcast? It's a it's a vehicle for Dave. It's it's really it's all about Dave. It's to, (laughs) to highlight his talent. Yes. Oh, Dave, thank you for joining us, man. It's uh you know, despite Carl saying to me the other day in the parking lot at Allen Park that he wants the challenge of writing about teams that suck, uh, I guess we haven't I don't had want that. It. I embrace it. 
the, 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 he's acting like Sean, we Sean just stops by when the teams are winning, Dave. Let's just be honest, he's right? When they're losing, like, like where's Sean? It's like where's Waldo? Dave. He's acted like the, the four teams haven't been not very good for the last nine years. So he's resenting the fact that the Lions look like that might be okay. We'll see. I mean, they could, the bottom could fall out next year. You know how the NFL is. But he just this little tiny bit of success, you know, he's resenting it. You still got the Pistons and Tigers, so you're good. Yeah, no, and then the wings are, yeah, the wings are showing a little bit of promise. Team. Yeah, they, they, show a little, they show a little promise. They outscored somebody seven to five the other night. That's, uh, that's uh, that's impressive. Maybe Dave, you can come back and talk about the wings at some point. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Enough about Carlos's uh, misanthropy. It's um, you know, we all know what it is. We love him. Misanthropia. Oh, here we go. I didn't say uh, zeitgeist. We uh, we all know how he is. He doesn't like human beings, but that's okay. We love him anyway, right, Dave? I like one human being sometimes. 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 <laughs> all right, man. Thanks for joining us, Carlos. Any parting uh, words of wisdom to our our man here? To the no, listeners, we we'll got to have him on right right before the Senior Bowl, right after the Senior Bowl, pretty soon. So I'm sure Dave's looking Depends forward what, to it. Yeah, we're actually going to be looking. By getting travel. We're going to be looking forward to the draft in a way that's going to be a little different, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. As long as he sets we'll us alarm for the right time, we'll we'll have we'll one. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah Carlos yeah. is right. If you have a chance, go see a, a Lions game in Green Bay. It's a great place to see a game too. It is. Even if you have to walk, how many? How far did you guys have to walk? Ten miles to get to the city? It was. It was. It was. It, was it almost it was killed Bob Wodowski. Well, almost. Almost just dropped dead on the trundra there. He almost didn't make it when he was walking it, with us. And it feels a lot longer when it's cold. You know, that's yes. the thing. And windy. Yeah. All right, uh, Dave. Thank you again, Carlos. You got it, guys. A pleasure as always. Who else are we thanking, Carlos? This is a tough one. We have to we have to thank our producers Andrew Hammond and Robin Chan, but executive producers Kirkland Crawford and Anjanet Delgado and editor Peter Batia, technically still right. Yeah, no, we got him for one. I think we can thank him next week too. We got him for one more week. Okay, and uh, yeah, Peter Batia. Can't believe, for can't one believe last he's two times. bailing on us, uh, but you know that's the way it goes. He could only take so many podcasts. Yeah, we can talk about him a little bit more next week. I think next week is as officially as last week. All right. We want to thank you, the listener, of course, for giving us time. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. You probably know that if you already listened to us. I don't know why we're saying that. The most important thing is when you're on Spotify or Apple or wherever you do go, subscribe, rate us, tell us uh, how great Carlos is. Tell us you want Dave on every week. I'd love Dave on every week. Tell us whatever you want. In any case, thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week with more Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. 